Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. Real Men Feel is all about giving you a space to share and express all of your emotions as a man, because contrary to what you may believe, there are no such things as good and bad emotions. All emotions serve you, provided you allow yourself to experience them. If you judge, resist, and stuff an emotion, that's what makes it an A to a bad emotion. So whether this is your first time joining us or your longtime listener, thank you very much for being here. This podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find show notes and more information at realmenfeel.org. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes at realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. And while you're there, be sure and give a rating or review. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. Your comments, feedback, and participation are always welcome during the live show and anytime in a Facebook group on Twitter or at realmenfeel.org. Lastly, all links mentioned in each episode are included in the show notes on realmenfeel.org, the blog at realmenfeel.org. So if you're driving, operating heavy machinery, under the influence of something, you don't have to stop and jot down notes and URLs. We'll get them all to you later, all right? So with me as always, my friend and co-host, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I almost had a shiny squirrel moment where I was going to mention the, something about you know, SoundCloud and uh, Stitcher and, uh, and Google Play, but we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just had a total squirrel moment about that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we, oftentimes we always mention it, but I realize we don't have it on the site. Yes, we do. We do? Well, hmm, maybe I... What <laughs> site do you visit? <laughs> Anyway, I assure everyone listening, if they visit the site, they'll find links to all okay, those different apps. They will be there, yes. And uh, so I'm really excited about tonight's guest. It's, uh, it's Jordan Bain, who uh, is from the Modern Mystery School. Um, one of the coolest things I did this year was discover and become initiated into the Modern Mystery School. And um, I often like to make videos before and after, and I did that for this. And um, I told Jordan everything I was going to put in the video, and he was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, it's a mystery school. We gotta, you, know, you can't just go blabbing and share these things out of context and like oh so anytime I get asked about it I have to say well it's a mystery so tonight we welcome Jordan Bain to kind of delve into that mystery maybe explain a little bit better than I can <laughs> welcome Jordan how are you tonight I'm doing great thanks Andy cool cool uh, thanks for having me on the show and can you hear me okay yeah sounds good yeah. great um it's there's so many you know questions that people have when they first uh, hear a term like mystery school. And I think a lot of people, uh, including myself, when I first was exposed to that term and that concept, uh, just kind of are like, huh, okay. I mean, and they're not sure either how to approach that idea or uh, why someone would be interested in such a thing. Uh, yet there's also sort of this group of people that it seems to, to speak to them on some level that they're not really uh it's like a little bit outside of their understanding and so they feel a calling toward it but they're not sure what that that might be and i know myself i had heard the term mystery schools mentioned like in you know old stories and mythology and i had heard that there were mystery schools in ancient greece for example and in ancient egypt and that in many ways in cultures like greece and egypt at least for periods of their history that the mystery schools were quite prominent in society and um and that they, the, the philosophies and understandings of the world that, that evolved out of the mystery schools and often went on and became foundations for many other levels of, of society. So, you know, it's, 
it's something of a mystery how people find a mystery school <laughs> as well and why and what time in their life that kind of pops in because I don't know exactly even to this day I, I originally found the mystery school about 12 years ago and became initiated about maybe 11 and a half years ago and I, I'm not sure why then instead of sooner or later in my life yeah I, I think it was that old show in search of that I first heard the term Hmm. mystery school and i'm not even sure if i ever really ever thought well is it a myth were there like a real structure and people knew that they existed mm-hmm. or uh and also since since this is real men feel you know back back in the day when these were beginning um were they exclusively for men or did that kind of divide or not not exist mystery schools to my knowledge and i could be wrong um really have always been for both men and women um there are of course many different systems of spiritual training across the, the planet which are sometimes really intended for men and women and some that are just intended for men or that are just intended for women but uh, as far as i know the mystery schools have always trained both men and women sometimes there's been some levels of that training that are somewhat separated or at least differentiated maybe is a better term mm-hmm. for men and women however within my experience of the modern mystery school and the way that it has been taught for the last three thousand years or so it's been a universal system that's been accessible and intended both for men and women and gives gives very similar results in life both for men and women although men and women have different energies and different structures within them energetically spiritually of course physically as well and so men and women also do get different things in my experience out of mystery school and have different you know since this is real men feel have different emotional processes that result as it as um as an effect or a process that comes out of being initiated and and where people seem to need to go for their own evolution is unique as individuals much more so than it is unique as men or women meaning your experience as an initiate could be radically different than my experience as an initiate and probably that experience is so much more different than a man or a woman going through mystery school does that make sense yeah and that's what that's what i liked about this sound silly what i liked about my experience was that is it was experiential yeah you know, the, the mystery school is not a, a lecture and test taking notion of a school mm-hmm. no Definitely not. There's no, there's, I I had to take a a knowledge test for my Kabbalah teacher training because Kabbalah is one of the few things that we do in the mystery school that really does involve um, at least a moderate need for structural knowledge of, of a system called the tree of life. And other than that, there's not really a lot of knowledge that's needed to really progress in our, in our lives, except the knowledge of ourselves. It's, which is not book knowledge. It's not something you can't go read a book and learn all that much about yourself. You can, you can learn theories and then apply them to yourself, but how do we know what to apply and when? So that, that inner knowledge is gained more through things like meditation, through introspection, through um, simple processes that I'm sure many people who watch shows like this have done, like writing in your journal or making creative art to express yourself, to express your soul, to express your desires, um, creating vision boards to say, this is what I want. And I want to put that up on my wall and reflect on it and let it sort of percolate through my subconscious mind. So um, something I also love about mystery school is that it, it really includes other ways of um, 
being like it, like things that you've studied in your life, whether it's meditation or Reiki or other systems of healing or shamanism become suddenly more relevant and in context through initiation and initiation is a, is a thing that, you know, means to begin or to enter into something new. So initiation is kind of like a rebirth into a higher level of yourself within that rebirth into the higher level of yourself that, that comes with initiation, um, old doors start closing things that, that used to serve you in your life, but aren't necessarily really in your highest good anymore. They just start to close on their own. And that's a little scary for people. I was going to say this, that's the doors closing isn't always pleasant, but no, it's really not because the things that you used to feel were supportive or helpful in your life, um, where you drew energy from, or, uh, you know, perhaps old relationships or old jobs. It's like, they just don't work well anymore. And the doors sometimes close quickly and sometimes they take a while to close, but once they close, it's really important to then look to the new doors that are opening and they're always opening. Uh, and that's true in life in general. Uh, mystery school initiation speeds life up perhaps 10 times so that you start to learn things 10 times faster. And that's exhilarating and exciting, but also can be uh, troublesome or worrisome when, when we're not looking at the opportunities and we're seeing things falling apart or not working so well anymore. Like, well, how do I build something new? And so then then we turn to tools that you know we have from things like initiation there's rituals there's meditation and we have to use those tools to the the new doors are already opening up but can we see them because most of the time we have our blinders on right. and we're, we're not really looking at where the next step is we're just trying to take the last step over and over and over again whatever we're used to doing and Jordan, I'm curious about something as far as mystery schools and the body of knowledge that's incorporated into the mystery schools, understanding that the bottom is a mystery. But have you, are, is the majority of what you guys practice and what is taught in the mystery schools, is it drawn from Eastern disciplines or Western disciplines or a combination of both? Where does a lot of that knowledge come from? Where, what, what, what traditions have, have you guys followed and have, has it been handed down from? So... It's a great question. The, this is often referred to as a Western mystery school tradition. Mm -hmm. And yet the, what happened about 3000 years ago within this specific mystery school is, is pretty unique and interesting within the mystery schools. Um, this mystery school passed through the hands of a person named King Solomon. And King Solomon was, uh, you know, was often thought of in, uh, as, a, as a Jewish figure. Um, a, who studied, you know, Hebraic teachings and worked within a religion. Um, and he was that, and he also studied within the Egyptian mystery schools and many other schools around the world. He traveled to India and Tibet and other places to learn different kinds of spiritual systems. And even at a relatively young age, he realized that part of his mission and what he felt a calling to do in his life was to create a universal system that would work for everyone on the planet and had a, a vision that this would be actually something that would be more of a gift to future generations rather than something that he needed personally for himself mm. and, or that was even needed at that time. He, he said, you know, now we've got a lot of things. We've got a lot of systems on the planet. We have many, many tribes of people scattered all over the world. They all have different spiritual systems. We have many mystery schools scattered over the world. They have different systems of initiation. Um, 
you know, and everything seems to be working kind of okay spiritually. Right. But in the future, things aren't going to be working okay spiritually. So they had the, the oracular or prophetic ability to look into the future and say, there's going to be much harder times on the planet in the future in terms of spiritual connection and training when people won't have access to real tools very much. And it's not going to cut it to just have scattered systems here and there mm. that, that only have this piece or that piece. We're going to need a, a universe, <clears throat> like a universal big picture system that can do that can meet anyone, no matter who they are, where mm-hmm. they're from, male or female, regardless of race or background or religion or belief system, no matter how their mind is put together and structured, no matter how old they are, it will take them from wherever they are to their enlightenment and beyond. Mm-hmm. Whatever that needs to be for them, because enlightenment is an interesting concept and a word. What does it even mean? Yeah. And you know, my enlightenment could be completely different than your enlightenment. And so there's different ways of saying that. Maybe one way to say enlightenment is like the fulfillment of my life purpose. Yeah. And that's in this life, right? Like in this physical existence mm-hmm. as Apio or Jordan or any of our listeners as who they are right now with this physical body. So yeah. fulfilling why I came here into this body to do this thing, which is very limited. It's a very short time frame that I'm here. Even if I live to 100 years old, it's like, boom. Yeah, it's an Done. instant. Right. So, but I'm here for a purpose. What is that purpose? How do I live that purpose? And how do I have joy living that purpose? <laughs> and so that was one of King Solomon's major goals, was to create a system that would do that for each individual and could be replicated at, through, at any point in history. Not replicated, but replicated for any person at any point in history. And it could be taken... Um, it's not really replicatable in the sense of like this lineage, if it were ever lost, would be lost. Mm-hmm. It's actually unbroken teacher to student in that sense. But the, the, um, the teacher and then the student can have a full transmission of that knowledge through this lineage so that the student really eventually does become the teacher mm-hmm. or even exceeds the, their teacher in knowledge and understanding if they apply themselves. And then is able to have that full empowerment transmitted to them and, and go on and use this work to fully accomplish their life purpose. Okay. I, I love that. So correct me if I'm wrong, but traditionally, you know, prior to, I guess you could say the modern era where science is its own distinct discipline, which many people perceive to be separate from spirituality, but didn't the mystery schools typically, didn't most cultures and societies usually regard mystery schools as being a com- of being both scientific and spiritual simultaneously? Yeah, and that split really only happened probably in the last like 400 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in the 1500s or so, you had lots of alchemists who were precursors to modern chemistry and biology and physics. Yeah. And they were seeking alchemical personal transformation and they were all studying Kabbalah and they were all working with astrology. And that was like, that was just a, it was, that was a well-rounded education. Yeah. Like Isaac Newton himself was, is, it only recently surfaced that Isaac Newton himself was actually a very devout, devoted alchemist. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And he was an initiate in this, in this mystery school tradition as well. Not all alchemists were, he happened to be as well. Right. right. Um, so it's interesting that um, there was such a split with science over the last several hundred years and mm -hmm. for better or for worse, whatever that has been or has needed to be, or just whether it happened because of people's own uh, ego or their, their individual will saying, no, we have to create this, this separate discipline or whatever, whatever forces on the planet led to that separation. Nice. Um, I think there's a lot of people are saying, you know, we've kind of gone as far as we can go with just physical science and we really need a, a, a more of a reunification of physical and spiritual sciences to bring them back together. And the mystery schools have been like, yeah, we, they've never been separate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always been the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even someone who we would, there's been many, scientists and inventors like um, Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein who mm -hmm. were mystery school initiates and for them creating something you know like understanding transmission of electricity or um, creating many like Tesla is credited with so many inventions that we have in the modern day anything from like lasers to you know jet engines and, and many other things yeah um, that was they received that inspiration from their spiritual connection Makes perfect sense. So, yeah, the, the mystery schools, to, to sort of finish answering that question, though, about the origin of this and, like, mm -hmm. what traditions is this Eastern or Western? So King Solomon, backing up 3,000 years ago, he not only traveled to other places, but finally um, decided, you know, I'm going to gather all this in one place. So he created a huge temple complex in northern Egypt. And mm -hmm. people came from all over the world, master shamans and healers and prophets and medicine men and women um, and they all came from all the tribes on the planet and about 300,000 of them worked for 30 years to put this into one universal system mm -hmm. and to, to filter all the stuff that wasn't universal and just, just simply not include it and say oh that's a, that's a nice healing modality but it's not part of the system because it doesn't work for everybody right. it doesn't work in all conditions and contexts so they um there's there's interesting stuff with this mystery school that that made it very hard for me to believe was real when i first found it i was like oh come on this ritual has like latin and hebrew and sanskrit in it in one ritual are you kidding me like is this just a bad new age cobbling together of like these other these other silly systems i mean come on like this can't be real but it so, makes sense. It actually yeah, makes sense. If you that's what it. proves. That's what almost proves that origin story. It's yes. Like, yeah, it proves or hints at or you know encourages. I'm not sure, but um, because you know it's certainly something someone could have just cobbled together from like lots of interesting New Age books. Uh, yet, for me, the the real proof is in the pudding that it produces results that I'd never seen before with anything else. Yeah. That it. One thing about the, the lin this notion of lineage that I really hadn't heard before the mystery school um, is the notion that it is teacher to student, live and in person. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can't take the online course version of mystery school, right? Yeah. It isn't in an encyclopedia set of books that you go can just find anywhere and read up and, yeah. and get the same experience or not. This is about as online as it can get from what I've seen. It's like it's talking about it, you know. I've thought about giving other webinars and stuff like that, and that can work. Um, Yet it's really different to have this kind of experience, even on a, a web format like this. Um, you know, hearing this, if you're listening to the podcast later on, or if you're seeing this live, 
that's one thing. And then it's really another thing to come to an intro or a class in person where you step into a, a center or an office and the whole space has been set up sometimes for several hours before you get there as basically a temple with sacred geometry. And it's not sacred geometry that you can even see. It's sacred geometry that's, that's energetically imprinted within the room. And we, we teach that as well so that people can learn to do that for themselves in their home or their, their own space or center or their cubicle at work if they want to. Um, and you come in and the people just feel like invariably are like, oh my God, I feel so safe in here. I feel so joyful. I just want to smile when I'm here. Um, I feel like I, could, I can go through my process here and no one's going to judge me. And it's not just, oh, there's nice people. It's the space itself has been conditioned and set with this really amazing energy. And so people walk into that in person. You, can't, you just can't get that you know, through a computer like this. It doesn't work right. So what sort of experiences uh, for, for you as a, as a young man growing up you know, brought you to the mystery school? Did you just like, oh, I know I want to be a guide from the moment you heard about it? Or you know, huh. was it a lot of trial and error and different paths? Or a lot of trial and even more error. But, um, <laughs> so more and more errors than trials. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Um, there was this interesting moment—not um, just a moment, but there was. I really sort of started to wake up spiritually when I was about eleven years old, and that was a, a, that was a weird thing for the first five or six years of it because there was no one else around me, family, friends, anyone that was doing anything like that. And I didn't know why I was just called to go home and meditate after school every day. And I was kind of not really a particularly social kid to begin with, but then um, I <laughs> didn't really have a lot of friends anyways, but I, I just wanted to go home and not do my homework and, you know, meditate at a tree yantra poster on the wall or like stare at a candle flame for an hour and, um, or go outside and do walking meditations and study trees and that sort of thing. And I, I did that more and more. Starting around age 14, I started really doing daily meditation, 14, 15, 16, 17, and then um, started finding exposure to other things. Like I learned more about yoga and massage and energy healing and breath work and body work through several different classes. Uh, I learned about martial arts and Aikido, started studying yoga and Aikido when I was still in high school. And that was still really weird in terms of this was 1996, 1997. Um, and I, you know, like there was a few people who were like, Oh, that's cool. And most people were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now it's so much more widespread. It's so much more normal that, you know, a 10 year old would know about yoga or meditation, even if they don't do it or their parents would know about it. But it wasn't something that was going on at that time in the mid nineties. Was it uh, just a yearning for something more? Was there a pain? Like what, what was driving you as a, as a teenager to kind of be seeking out these not ordinary experiences, if you will. Probably a really fucked up childhood. Um, that was weird in that it seemed on the outside, like I lived in a really normal, like nice suburb but had a lot of experiences within my family growing up of just like, there's something really off here. And it wasn't until many years later that I really was able to crack down into the childhood traumas of like, Oh, that actually happened. That wasn't just like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. or that 
that thing went on in terms of that form of abuse or that kind of, or what was the actual impact of those things within my life? And so I was seeking on some level, but didn't know why. Right. And I was seeking out of some kind of pain. Okay. So it was a personal healing quest without realizing consciously that I have some healing I must do. Right. And I think a lot of us start like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was joking this past weekend when I was doing, I was doing an initiation class this weekend and a, a dear friend of mine from the UK, Martina, who leads the Healers Academies in the Mystery School internationally, she came to Boston a few, she's come here several times to teach uh, something called Galactic Activation, which is this amazing two-day program where you turn on all these holographic layers of your spiritual blueprints and DNA and tree of life. And, um, it's just incredible. But she was here and she saw a brochure that I had made. Um, I didn't grab a copy of it for right now. I have some downstairs that says, I am ready to change. And she was like, this is the worst title for a brochure ever. Did I tell you this story? No. <laughs> like, she was like, no one wants to change. She was like, no, if your brochure said, I want you to change, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a then you'd have a really good brochure. You'd have a line on the door. You know, we can't necessarily market dishonestly like that, but, but it's true. I mean, like, I, I thought, well, I'm okay. But, you know, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to these, these tools and these healings. And, um, you know, another mentor of mine <laughs> in the mystery school, Verla, who came to Boston about five years ago for the first time to teach the Kabbalah programs here um, before I was an apprentice and, and teacher, she, um, she, she got into the mystery school in 1999, and she was coming out of a corporate background and also had many challenges and trials in her life. And she said she went to Healers Academy. Um, it was called something different back then. We called it Teachers Program, which is now a separate thing that we do. Um, she went to Healers Academy in 1999. And when she first got there, her first impression was like, who are all these people? They're so messed up. They need so much healing. I'm so glad they're here. <laughs> because they obviously need it. <laughs> and then the next year she came back and she was like, oh, these people have, have done some healing work. I'm really glad they're improving. And the third year she came back and she was like, wow, like I'm so happy these people have changed and, and grown and I'm just really I'm proud of them. And it's really, the system must really work. And then finally she came back. So she's now three years into it. Like she came back the fourth time and she's like, oh, I'm the one who needed the healing. <laughs> but it really took her three full years. Wow. Of, of this work to, to, to be honest enough with herself to yeah. say that. And her background in, in corporate was she was a personal development seminar leader. Oh, wow. So it's one thing to like lead a seminar and talk about this stuff or even write books about this stuff. And it's another thing to, to live it and see it. And I love that mystery. School, I love and hate that mystery school just like throws it in your face. So <laughs> there's nowhere else to go with it other than to own it. Kind of like what Richard Bach wrote in his book, Illusions. You know, we teach best what we most need to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and every every decent healer has to heal themselves first. No one, at least I've never come across someone that's just like, is born at some enlightened perfection and begins healing everybody they meet. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and we have to really be able to hold that energy for clients. So if yeah. we can't hold it for ourselves, there's no way we're going to hold it for clients. Right. Um, even just before going on the show tonight, I was like, okay, I need to take two hours to meditate. Just And I already did rituals and meditation earlier today. It was like, and there's only like three guests watching the show right now. 
And the, but for anyone who would see this in the future, for whatever reason, it's like, okay, I need to, and I'm not talking about anything tonight, as far as I can tell, that I don't talk about on a normal basis, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But just to hold that energy and to be seen, it needs to be authentic. And there's a way that being initiated really helps a person hold themselves to account on things that maybe they could have weaseled out of earlier. Yeah. They could have just worked their way around it or not felt, you know, this is real men feel, but you know, for most men, we don't feel right. And we would rather not feel mm -hmm. We'd rather stuff it somewhere else. Yeah. So maybe, maybe like the brochure, we needed a different show called uh, men who don't want to feel. And that's yes. what we are. But that's <laughs> men who would like to force the women in their lives to feel for yeah. them. You're right. Men who would want to stop be asked about their feeling. But uh, <laughs> I, just want, I just want to let you know, Jordan, and, and everybody that, you know, the, um, some of the rituals I learned from initiation around, uh, you know, setting a sacred space and um, calling for support. I, I do that before every episode of these, right, before every recording. I do, I do that and set the space. So. Yeah. So there, that, that conditions our energy so that we can show up more. You know, yeah. those rituals are really simple, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, very, very practical, helpful tools. I, 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 every time I go to the gym, mm -hmm. I do the same thing, and I have the best yeah. workouts in my life have been this like year. <laughs> Call on the angels for a good workout. Yeah, yeah. 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 Angels of gymnastic ability. Uh, <laughs> I always have fun with the angels, I have to say. It's, cool. it's always a – especially some of the archangels in particular. Just yeah. They have really interesting senses of humor, for sure. Yes. They do, and they're they're they have a a perspective that we just don't have. You know? Oh gosh, yeah. And when they and when they choose to share that perspective, it um it can either be shocking or you just end up you know falling down in laughter. You know, yeah. it, it's one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I realized I uh you know I had told you before we started recording that I was going to read your your bio and 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 butcher it because it was full of things I've never heard of, can't pronounce oh. them all. But uh, so just to get it officially on the record, uh, sure. you're a certified initiated modern mystery school guide, healer, and third step Celtic shaman ritual master. And I'm going to stop there. But uh, yeah, because I, I love in your body, it says, you know, and more and more mm -hmm. twice. And, yeah. you know, I, I like I often meet people and they'll discover that, you know, I've taken five different classes of some sort of personal growth modalities. And like, Oh my God, there's more than that. And like, yeah, there's a lot more. And yeah. so I love meeting people that still have dozens and dozens of different experiences and schools and teachings and trainings and gurus. Um, and they just know that there's still more. Yeah. There's always more. It's part of expansion, you know? Yeah. 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 So now, now that you found the mystery school, do you find yourself going deeper only in the mystery school or are you still kind of searching and, and checking things out outside of the mystery schools? Well, we're always growing in ways that are about us. So mm -hmm. with mystery school, in terms of a, like a spiritual structure system, I have found it to be basically one of the only things that I do or have needed to do. Um, even when I first began working with it, I was still doing many other things. Uh, I still had a professional healing practice doing shamanic healing. I was still doing many other kinds of meditation. I noticed over the years as I did more of the tools that were offered in the mystery school, I was like, oh, this mystery school seems to have all these tools, but they work even better than I had found in all these other systems. And it just took me a while to, to realize that and to see that. I mean, it's, you really can't learn 
any decent system even in a year or two years or five years or 10 years. You know, if it's like- if I don't you, want to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. I didn't especially, want to hear that. Especially in our society where everything is instant, you know? Yeah, I wanted to hear that, you know, this, I could learn this two-day workshop and I was going to have all the tools I needed forever. And, you know, it, the Empower Thyself, that two-day workshop, does give you a ton of tools. And eventually, and you know, I was like, I really need to do more. And I just felt called. Not everyone feels that calling. Some people are like, no, that's really it. I'm all set with that. Um, they don't, maybe they don't even want to use those tools. They, maybe they didn't resonate with those tools. Mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they don't like their, their shit up here all the time. Um, you know, <laughs> it can get smelly. Yeah, it, it, I think a lot of people who come to the mystery school had their shit up here all the time anyways. They just didn't know it. Yeah. Or maybe they did know it, <laughs> but they, they were looking like for me or for Verla or Martina or most of the people that actually talked to in the mystery school, we were, we had it here, but we were like, Oh, look at that. <laughs> I mean, I can barely see it straight cause it's so obscured, but, um, <laughs> and I think it's about them, but not me. And we slowly have to like peel it off our own face. Yeah. And only when it's far enough away, do we realize that it was ours. Yeah. And that could take years for most people of really coming into ownership around something. And, and we often think we've come into ownership before we find mystery school and then mystery school just kicks our butt and realize that we realize we had, but there's more, there's always more. It's like, we've done a lot of work and there's more. And I find that with mystery school trainings as well. It's like, I'll do something in the mystery school. I'm like, wow, I really unveiled that. I definitely discovered that and I really healed it. And then I'm, you know, it's like I get into a, a higher training and I'm like, oh, I, I did, but, mm -hmm. but there's so much more. Right. And so do I use other systems? I have found that something that's really helpful with, that's a great compliment to mystery school. Uh, in addition to, so mystery school is not really so much of a physical healing system. Like it's, you know, it's not like chiropractic or massage or acupuncture. So things like that are really valuable from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not therapy. So people often need some kind of really good holistic therapist that's by holistic, usually they're body-based to help a person through, through talking, sometimes through touch, but often just through talking to really listen to their own body and really become aware and conscious of what's actually happening with them emotionally with themselves emotionally and then guide them through a process that will let them release those old emotions. Mm -hmm. And I've, I found that mystery school is not, um, we don't, at least from what I've learned over the last 10 years, we don't really have a lot of tools that are heavily process oriented, like heavily emotionally process oriented. The tools that we use, like deliver the light that a person needs into their system and then they have to process it on their own. But what if you didn't really learn how to process your emotions growing up? I'm sure that's why part of why the show is on the air, right? So, um, so there's, there's lots of good different kinds of, you know, holistic talk therapy out there that will, will help a person, male or female, learn to guide themselves through their emotions. Cool. Sure. Uh, so th that's kind of, and pretty much everything else. Like I, I definitely get massage and chiropractic. Um, and I do other kinds, you know, I do that kind of therapy. Like I receive those things myself. Yeah. Um, but in terms of real spiritual tools, 
I have found everything that I've needed within the mystery school. It's been pretty amazing. Awesome. And so I wonder if, if in your 12 times of involvement with the mystery, 12 times, 12 years of involvement with the mystery school, have, have you, you know, been aware of any increase, decrease in, in the amount of men coming into the, into the programs? I think it's probably increased over the years. I'm not sure that it's increased since I've been doing higher trainings, which has been about six years now. I think in the beginning, from what I've, I heard, it was almost all women. Um, and I think over the last five or 10 years, it's been much more balanced. So it's maybe like 70, 30 women to men. Cool. Um, I think that's kind of a normal ratio in a lot of classes. It depends. <laughs> maybe, maybe sometimes like 80, 20 women to men, um, depending on the, the training. Yeah. Um, I was always impressed that in the, the, the classes I've been to, I'm, I, you know, th through late 90s, early 2000s, I was just used to going to things and being the only guy or one of a handful of guys. And I've always been impressed. Um, you know, I don't think the, the men have ever been the majority of a program I've been in, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's healthier than uh, other times yeah. and other programs I've seen. I did have an initiation class a few years ago that was four people and it was all men. I was like, oh, oh there's it's all, all dudes for the weekend. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's usually, you know, and I, 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 in the way that I serve people, I've had different intentions at different points. Um, part of my purpose or mission for this phase right now for the last year and for the next year or two is actually really more to work with women. Um, there's a way that women need to really lead in a certain way on the planet and need a certain kind of support in that. Um, and right now are being really challenged on that. And so that doesn't make men's work like less valid. It's just, at least for what I've been directed to do by those higher beings or angels or archangels or masters of light, non-physical guidance coming through for myself personally. This is not true of the mystery school in general, just me personally. Gotcha. I've re retargeted my whole branding on my website to, it doesn't say this, but it's really more focused toward specifically supporting women and doing specific things on the planet. That's actually kind of behind the scenes. Like it's not obvious if you go to my website, mm -hmm. but energetically on a higher self level, that's who my website's talking to is a certain kind of woman who doesn't know it, but has a really big mission, a really big purpose to make certain kinds of leadership changes in the world, possibly just by making those changes within herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is, is that at all because, does that kind of divide that like masculinity has, has led us astray or failed us in some way or just that no. women need to step up? No, there's, there's interesting teachings that are pretty, pretty revolutionary for most people um, to think about because they have, they have a big potential charge and having those, those delivered by a man is not uh, very welcome. But there's a way in which the mystery schools have always taught that women are the cause. And that doesn't mean things are women's faults because that's the flip side of that, right? Mm -hmm. That's like mm -hmm. the distortion of the Adam and Eve story. Oh, it's the woman's right. fault. Um, but there's a way in which women give birth to all the energy on the planet. You know, that's kind of obvious from a physical perspective, right? Sure. 
but energetically women also give birth to all the, the, the spiritual and emotional and mental energies that take place on the planet. So men almost don't have the ability to lead spiritually the way that women do. That's not, see, this is, this is a really like delicate thing to talk about because sure. it runs the risk of really disempowering both men and women. Mm-hmm. I was saying like, oh, well, what are we going to do as men? Because we, we can't do anything. That's not what this is saying. And then it's like runs this huge risk of finger pointing at women and being like, well, why don't you change? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's neither of those things. It's that it's just talking about the energy of how, how creation gets sourced here in this world, here on the physical planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Energy needs to come here through women. And so the Dalai Lama, for example, has said the world will be saved by the Western woman. Right. And that's a very interesting statement, you know, and it's, it's not something that he said for political expediency to gain followers. Right. No, no, it was something he was inspired to say. You know, I keep getting an impression. There's a word that just keeps repeating over and over and over again as you're speaking. That is, is particularly when you're talking about you know, the birth of energy. Mm-hmm. The word that just kept coming to me over and over was balance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's about balance. It's about achieving balance. Mm-hmm. Understanding, you know, the delicate nature of what we're talking about, about empowering and disempowering. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, and, and our words, physical words, and the way that we process them are, tend to be very imprecise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so understanding things, and, and and so yes, absolutely. Particularly when you when you get into the whole emotional aspect of words and the emotional attachment that people have to certain words, that's that's where the misunderstandings come through, and that's where I think you know this this is the impression that I'm getting where the mystery schools can be so can serve us so well, which is helping us to understand just the emotional nature of that energy the emotional nature of of everything and the balance that comes from working on self understanding self yeah and our self is you know both male and female mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It's true for, there's just a different balance like you said um, mm-hmm. it is about balance and what is that balance for men and women it's different and it's different for each person too not everyone really has the same balance of male and female energies within them. So um, being able to access the feminine energy, there is a way that it's done a little more primarily through women, but Mm -hmm. men have to access it as well in themselves. And it's the energy that really needs more, um, needs more healing on the planet right at this time. There's been times in history, even recent history, when the male energy has needed more healing. Yes. And right now there's just, it's only a window of maybe a few years right now, but the feminine energy needs to go through a certain healing process before it can rebalance. And I don't even know the extent of that healing and I'm not a woman, but I know that there's been a certain flow that's come in over the last six months where I've been really guided. Okay. Your practice needs to refocus right now. And this guidance could change in another few months or in a year or two from now just like this is how you're serving at this time that doesn't mean men don't come through my healing practice they do all the time but just that there's there's a there's a higher intention coming through from the hierarchy of light and 
from the angels of like, this is really where we want things to go right now because they, they need to go in this direction. And when, when it's rebalanced, we'll let you know. Has it been more of a societal thing that's kind of led women to forget their own power and that they are cause of everything? That's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's been. And it's things that, you know, things play out in society. Like we have a president who thinks it's okay to grab women by the pussy and that there's something wrong with that. But without judging it and saying like, well, he's wrong or I'm wrong. It's like, no, that's just not the kind of world that doesn't create harmony. It doesn't create flow. Like in order to create, we have to have male and female energies flowing together. And when there's abuse and disrespect, they can't flow. And I, I don't think most, most women would say that, that they feel really respected by a comment or that the intention behind that sort of a comment. Um, you know, if maybe, maybe some women say oh, that's really respectful and I, you know, that's their perspective and I wouldn't, wouldn't try and argue with them. But from my experience and from most women that I know, they would not find that respectful to be, to be treated in that way. So, um, but yet going beyond our ideas, just looking at, we have to always look at the results to see where something's really at. So what are the results of thinking like that? So, you know, we're at the verge of another mass extinction because of how we treat the earth and the earth has a more feminine charge to it. Okay. So there's something there. Like we're treating the feminine like garbage. We're polluting it. And both men and women are doing that. So why are we doing that? What's the healing that's needed to stop the Destru like basically the destruction of the feminine on the planet and men need to do that too um there is a way that somehow right now it seems like women need to lead the charge on that um but men are gonna have to really also follow suit right it's not men versus women sort of a charge it's yeah. just women taking the lead on this mission yeah and or at least on this phase of this mission on on the rebalancing and understanding what is the divine feminine and where do we because that's much more you know at least with the topic of the show real men feel you know the the feminine is more the feeling aspect this is not real men think right right so because yeah, yeah i find all men think too much which right. creates the need for real men willing to feel right. mm -hmm. so that's part of the balancing here as well um and how do we come to that space of feeling within ourselves and feeling good about that? Feeling, feeling good about feeling. Oh right. yeah, I want to feel. Uh, and when we do that, there's usually peace. Or at least there's a road that opens up to peace. Yeah. Right. When you're okay with feeling, yeah. 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 That's what I found on, on the other side of every uncomfortable feeling I've ever had has been peace. Yeah. 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 And that peace brings us back to ourselves. So there's a lot of non peace happening on the planet. Right now. And in order to get to peace, we're going to need people really being honest with their feelings, both men and women. And there's a way that um, women's energy structure can lead in that. So maybe that's the best way to say it. Is it, is, there's this huge opportunity for women to lead and women need a lot of support in that, mm -hmm. um, which is not to say again, to 
not be political hot button here. Not to say women can't do it themselves because they have to do it themselves. Right. But they also need the support in doing it. Um, for so many thousands of years, women have been told they're crazy for how they feel. Yeah. And, and still you know, are. Yeah. Still are. And, you know, as men, we might be like, wow, that's just a lot of emotion. I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, especially if it's negative emotion. But, it, you know, it is just what it is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. Well, that's how she feels. Right. And again, and I would I, say it's, it's not negative emotion. It's each man's judgment. Oh, that's negative emotion. I don't want to deal with it. Right. 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 Or we might not like it, yeah. but it still is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how do we actually, how do we show up for ourselves? It's not even so much about showing up for women. Just like if we can just show up for our shell, ourselves, we're going to show up for them much more yeah. automatically. So how do we show up for ourselves? Because there's no way we're going to show up for interaction with feminine energy if we can't do it inside of us first. So, you know, I, I really have not found any better system than mystery school for being able to hold that space within myself, like to hold that container within myself. And so much of, you know, I think you were asking earlier, Apio, like, or maybe it was you, Andy, you know, what really called me to this was that inner wounding of not being able to hold the container for myself of whatever happened in my childhood, which is many different things. We all had challenges in our childhood um, that prevented me, or I won't, that's maybe disempowering, that encouraged me to not look within myself, that encouraged me to look outside myself for some kind of uh, emotional functionality. Mm -hmm. uh, well, also there's, a, there's that element of our society which teaches us from almost pretty much from the time that we're born to always look outside of ourselves. We're so externally focused that we tend to buy into that illusion. And it's only through the trauma and through the, the, the those huge challenges that, that happen, sometimes at an early age or sometimes in our lives, that causes us to, to open up to that and to start to look inside instead because we realize that outside, instinctively we know that outside it's not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something that, that it's usually that pain for <laughs> most people I've ever talked to that leads us to desire that and desire that strongly. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's so much more I haven't even discovered yet because my desire is very strong. And there's also these other je ne sais quoi factors of like, we don't know all the places that our desire comes from. Because maybe a good chunk of it comes from our soul, experiencing this world and having its responses and reactions to this world. And um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that the soul comes into this world and is like not okay with about yeah. the way the world is set up, about the way our society is set up, about the way, just in this example, of how women are treated, the way that, that men um, are expected to not feel, the way that, you know, it's like, it's so normal to just start a war in our day and age. It's just a normal thing. Like we don't you know, like this, what's going on over in this country because they don't agree with our policies or that's inconvenient for us. So um, we're going to bomb them yeah. or we're going to, we're going to send troops or we're going to, you know, intentionally assassinate their leaders or destabilize their governments or we've done this in dozens and dozens of countries all over the world for mm -hmm. years. 
you know, it's just been our, our policy that like, you know, we're going to try and install leadership in countries that serves our political needs um, and screw, screw that country. We don't care about their country. You know, do they, do they contribute to our, our economy basically? If they don't, if they don't contribute to our economy the way we want them to, you know, how can we manipulate their political system so that they do? Mm -hmm. um, there's something that the soul just like doesn't like that. <laughs> our human soul comes in and it's like, it, it knows the way that God thinks that that source that spirit thinks mm -hmm. that human minds like are mostly very far from that. And so little, little babies come into the planet and they cry a lot. And sometimes they cry because they want milk. But then there's other times when they're just inconsolable. And then there's nothing that really has happened in their immediate environment as to why they're inconsolable. And, you know, a lot of the times when I tune in with babies or around them and see them, and that's happening, they're just, there's something on the planet that they're not okay with. And they feel it. Mm -hmm. They have no, no filter. So they're just going to, they don't even know what to do with it, but they feel it and it's not okay. And it makes them sad and they feel, you know, there's a, a violation of the soul that happens yeah. um, to pretty much all of us here on earth. And what is that? Where does that even come from? You know, it's like, do we have to continue those patterns? Yeah. Because if we don't look at them, we will continue them. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to see them somehow. And, I love that mystery school brings them up really fast <laughs> so that we can heal them faster. Um, that's, that's exciting for me, even though it's, it's a challenge every day. Yeah. So why, why don't you let, so I know the mystery school locations are, are really all around the world. Why, why don't you let us know where, where the main hubs are? Sure. Well, there's, there's really big training centers like for international programs, like ritual master program and healers Academy and the advanced teacher trainings and stuff like that. The closest one for probably most people listening to a show like this would be in North America and Toronto in Canada. Uh, there's a sort of smaller program, not smaller, but just not as many people tend to go um, center in London that teaches international programs as well. Um, there's a center in Brazil, um, in South Africa, and also in Tokyo in Japan. So in Brazil, it's in Florianopolis and other places in the country. But That's really close to where my family's from, funny enough. I know, I know that area. Interesting. Huh. So those are, those are sort of the five major locations where a person would go for more extensive training. But um, we have pretty big centers. Um, in Boston, we have a really big center. Um, here we teach, you know, first level of mystery school initiation. We teach Universal Kabbalah here. We bring some of the magical trainings and classes through here, galactic activations. Um, a lot of the healing sessions that we do in the mystery school I offer personally, and there's other people who have taken different levels of training as well. Um, there's a center in New York, um, a center in New Jersey, um, a big center in Austin, Texas, another big center in um, Southern California in the Los Angeles area, uh, a center, a big center in several, several smaller centers in the Seattle area. Um, uh, and centers that are growing more in like Minneapolis and in Florida, um, in Florida around the Naples area. 
so there's and then there's many and that's just where there's like um large concentrations of this like in the u.s but then there's many areas uh, probably in most states in the country and in most provinces in canada and many countries around the world there are um either guides like myself who are teaching classes or these people who have gone to healers academy who can do some of the introductory sessions that we offer so uh, there's whole lists on, on the international website which is modern mystery school int.com modern mystery school int.com int stands for international just letter i letter n and there's a little you have to scroll down to the bottom and there's something that says certified lists on that website so on the certified list you can find people by region and um, you know like country and state and stuff like that Great. I want to be sure to give people a chance to how to get in touch with you as well in the Boston area. So, and what's your, so what's your website? It's healingboston.com. Okay. And you mentioned Kabbalah a number of times. Is it possible to, to quickly share what that is? Sure. Um, Kabbalah is many things. The way we teach it in the mystery school, it's a 10 month journey through, through your blueprints um, called the tree of life. That's what this little, not so little this huge thing on the wall is over here behind me is a, a one way of mapping out the tree of life and kabbalah is a transformational journey of the soul for people who want like a permanent transformational change in the structure of their lives and in how they how they relate to themselves as a divine being and how they see and live and move in the world it's it's like by the time you're done with those 10 months, usually you've accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish and more and everything you've wanted to accomplish for the last 10 years. <laughs> and then, and, and things you didn't even know you wanted to accomplish have happened as well. And you're also, you have a new approach to your life by the end of the 10 months. So many people do it year after year. Oh, right. we offer every year. Mm. Um, it's not like initiations where you do it once and then you move on to another level of it. But Kabbalah is um, there's sort of an infinite number of trees that you can climb within your own DNA, within your own blueprint. So, cool. That's a short version. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for for being able to go there. Because so, I had heard of Kabbalah and thought it was um, just meant like Jewish mysticism was Kabbalah. Mm. So is that where yeah. does it originate there or not? The Jewish tradition has helped to really caretake the knowledge of Kabbalah over the last 3000 years and has really over the last, you know, 800 years or so started to bring it out more to the public. Um, very, very slowly. There, um, you know, there's different scholarly debate as to within the Jewish tradition as to where Kabbalah really came from. Some of, some of the writings on Kabbalah that seem to have surfaced around 800 years ago um, and made Kabbalah more popular in Europe popular is a weird term not popular like it is now but popular with certain like aristocrats and stuff like that um those and then there's other there's other jewish scholars and historians who would say you know kabbalah has actually been worked with in different forms for at least two thousand years and we know that there's ways that the kabbalist tradition goes back to king solomon but also that it goes back to ancient egypt and there's ways that the Egyptians working at the tree of life that are maybe different than um, the way we work with it now. And 
there's also trees of life that have been found carved on rocks 79,000 years old. So Kabbalah has been around for a really long time. Um, and within Jewish mysticism, it's had many forms. So the way it's done in modern times is a very different process than what we do within the mystery school. Um, it has a different purpose. Um, we, we do it as a whole transformational journey, whereas Jewish mysticism often uses it almost like a, a side commentary or reinforcement for the Torah and the Zohar. So having a having an experiential journey through the tree of life is very different than studying the tree of life. And we yeah. bring people directly into the tree and the beings and the angels and the orders of angels within the tree take a person into the tree. And there's keys and there's guardians that only respond to those keys that we're holding with the mystery school lineage. And so you can you can study the tree, but you're 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 approaching it from the outside. And when we take people into it, they're living inside the tree for those 10 months. And there's something that's very powerful about doing that. It just, it pulls you into your next steps month after month. Like you go through a totally different experience each month in Kabbalah, especially the first year. Cause you've never, like it's your first time orienting yourself to that blueprint. It's like each month is you're like living a different life. So you live like 10 different lives in 10 months and then you start to integrate it all and you're done with the journey. That's a tough brochure to put together. It is. <laughs> That's why it's a mystery. It is a mystery. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks uh, so much. Wow, we've hit the, uh, the hour mark in our conversation so far, but I uh, just want to, again, for people looking for the, the big scope, kind of the mystery school mothership, if you will, it's modernmysteryschoolint.com. And anybody in New England, check out Jordan and all his many offerings at healingboston.com. And, uh, and I'm glad you've mentioned galactic activation a few times too. And that, that's the next thing I'm on tap for. So I'm, uh, awesome. I'm excited. The buzz is already building. Um, yes. But, uh, that's so, a really amazing class. Awesome. Yeah. I think the, the one thing on the website says the, the most fucking amazing thing I've ever done. I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's what totally hooks me into something. So. <laughs> It's a, it's a wild two days. It's like, it's the most bizarre thing you've ever done also. Cause it's totally, it's totally galactic. It's not, it's not human. And yet those galactic energies remind us how to be human in a way that like we forget mm -hmm. of like, they're, they're so open emotionally. They're so open. And the ones that have emotion, some of them don't even have emotion. And so they envy us. They're like, Oh, humans, emotion. Great. Like we wish we had emotion. <laughs> Um, so their, their men don't feel anything. <laughs> Galactic men don't feel. <laughs> Galactic men don't feel. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be doing some videos in the parking lot of, uh, of your center that weekend for sure. <laughs> awesome. So, well, thank uh, you guys for having me on. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. Thanks very much oh, for joining us. Um, I, I love conversations that I have no idea where they're going to take us. And, and this is one of them. Yeah. Cool. It, was, it was great to be on. So thank you guys. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, thank you, Apio. And I look forward to hearing you of uh, going to a family union in Brazil and following some mystery school classes. Right. You're exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Florianopolis. Oh, my God. Well, I guess I got yeah. to go visit my cousins now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Cool, cool. You speak Portuguese. You can take some classes there. I do. I, I've spoken okay. Portuguese my entire great. life. So. Great. Great. Awesome. Vai ser muito divertido. 
as they say. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I was like, ah, there it's yeah. going to be very fun. <laughs> yes. Cool. Awesome. So uh, thanks for everyone joining us live tonight. Thanks for everyone, uh, checking out the podcast at any time in the infinite realm of the future. Um, join us live next Tuesday, December 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Real Men Feel. We're going to be exploring year-end rituals and celebrations to release the old and welcome the new. Or maybe we'll just get drunk and make up fake promises like most Americans. But uh, <laughs> ideally, we'll do something different than that. Um, <laughs> just make so, shit up. <laughs> yeah. So then check out realmenfeel.org. Join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook. Share what you thought of the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Comment on the blog. Share the show. Uh, reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com if you have any sort of private conversation you need to have with us. Um, otherwise, we look forward to being with you again soon. Be well, and thanks again. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.